recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. church. It's um, so great to be able to be with you virtually and uh, I hope that um, you've been blessed by the service so far. Um, if you've been following along, um, we've been going through the book of Philippians uh, with our series Press On. We've looked at the importance of being committed to Christ and um, sacrificially serving others. Uh, we've looked at forsaking our confidence in ourselves and, and treasuring what Christ has done for us. And today we're going to be focusing on Philippians 4. Um, and I've entitled the message this morning, Pursuing Peace. And um, I really believe that it's a, a really timely message um, just with um, what's going on in our world at the moment and also individually in the lives of so many of you. Um, so I really pray that this would be a word in season. Um, the main verses that I'm going to be focusing on is uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 9. And the scriptures that I read today, I'm going to be reading in the Amplified Version. Um, so if you've got your Bible with you, you're welcome to um, turn and, and follow along. So Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. It says, rejoice in the Lord always, delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things, centre your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we can get from your word. And Lord, I, I really pray that today would be a word in season, that Holy Spirit, you would breathe life into these passages, passages that we're probably quite familiar with. But Lord, I pray that you'd bring new life, that you'd help us to apply your word to our life, that we would be doers of your word, and that, Lord, we would receive your peace today and in this season, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Um, so as I said, I've entitled the message Pursuing Peace. And it's interesting that the world's definition of peace is quite different uh, from the biblical definition of peace. The world's definition of peace is 
being uh, having an absence of turmoil or a freedom from disturbance. Uh, but the Hebrew origin um, or the, the Hebrew word that peace originates from, shalom, involves so much more. And it's about notions of completeness and fulfillment. It's about wholeness and harmony, security and well-being. Biblical peace and, and godly peace isn't the absence of hardship. It's actually an assurance of God's presence, provision and protection in the midst of hardship. And it's a confidence in his ultimate victory over death, sin, sickness, injustice and unrighteousness. So in pursuing peace, uh, there are three main things that, that we can do to pursue peace. Uh, the first one is right praying. The second one is right thinking. And the third one is right living. So looking at the first one, right praying and focusing on verses four to seven of Philippians four, um, the first thing we see is that right praying involves um, adoration, supplication and thanksgiving, but it starts with adoration. It's about taking our eyes off our own problems or the cause of our worry and it's about fixing our eyes on the all-powerful, faithful, good God and King. Verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always, delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I say rejoice. Paul is really stressing the point of us rejoicing in the Lord, not rejoicing in ourselves or rejoicing in our circumstances, which are constantly changing, but rejoicing in the Lord who never changes and is always worthy of our praise. The Lord's Prayer, a passage that you're probably familiar with, starts with our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, which means your name is holy and to be revered and honoured. While God deserves um, our praise and our honour, he doesn't need it. He doesn't rely on our praise for his sense of worth or he doesn't need it to boost his self-esteem. We need it because when we praise him, we shift our focus off earthly things and we focus more on him. And in the process, we are edified and encouraged. Now, that's not to be the motivation of our worship. He deserves our worship because he is worthy of all honour and, and praise and, and glory. But the hope and the assurance that we get from worshipping the Lord is certainly a blessing. And I've really experienced that, particularly in lockdown, um, as I'm sure many of you have experienced. There's been some really challenging times during uh, lockdown and um, a sense of hopelessness and um, just this um, relent relentlessness and, and frustration and loneliness and um, just feeling restricted and, and not having a sense of knowing when this is going to end. Um, have found myself, yeah, being overwhelmed with, um, with those negative thoughts. And I've really found that worship has been so powerful in lifting me out of that um, because our worship isn't to be dependent on our feelings or, um, yeah, how we feel or, or our own circumstances. It's dependent on who God is. And as I've said before, that that never changes, regardless of our circumstances, our feelings or emotion. Who God is never changes and he's always worthy of our praise. Um, and, you know, we, we've been seeing this morning of God's goodness and um, 
I encourage you to, to find worship songs that really talk of the character of God, that talk about his goodness and his faithfulness, his provision, that he loves us, that he's close to us. Um, and particularly in times where you don't necessarily feel like worshipping yourself, you don't feel like singing, but just listening to those lyrics and letting the, the lyrics of, of those songs minister to you, um, uh, I pray and believe would be a really, um, a real blessing to you at this time. Uh, Rohan shared in our prayer meeting this morning, um, Psalm 121 verse 1 to 2, which I think fits so well in this morning's um message and I'm just so encouraged with the different components of this morning um, really fitting together and, and sensing the Holy Spirit is speaking to us um, and this passage in, in Psalm 121 says I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where shall my help come from my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth and again we see that physical lifting our eyes off our circumstances, off obstacles, off uh, whatever it is that, that's worrying us and fixing our eyes on Jesus. The next part of right praying is supplication. It's about earnestly and humbly presenting our needs and our requests to God. And we see that not just in the Philippians passage, but also again in, in the Lord's Prayer when it says, give us today our daily bread so in verse 6 of Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, in every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. So we see in this passage that, that prayer should be done regularly, persistently and thankfully. And I don't know about you, but um, particularly with um, what's going on and feeling like my prayers are, are quite repetitive at the moment, sometimes feel like I'm kind of nagging God. Uh, but Paul really encourages us here to uh, be persistent in our prayers. Um, and even though we might not feel like our prayers are accomplishing anything, we're reassured in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So church, I really want you to be encouraged this morning to continue praying, whatever it is in your personal circumstances or um, for Australia or in what's going on around the world today, continue to pray and believe that your prayers are powerful and effective. Continue to pray for healing, for breakthrough, for provision or restoration. Um, and let's believe that God is at work in our prayers. The last aspect of right praying is thanksgiving, um, and it's about thanking and acknowledging what God has done. We see this throughout the Old Testament, um, that the Israelites set stones in place or they built memorials in remembrance of God's provision or his deliverance. And they were physical reminders to remember what God had done for them and for their um, current generation, but also for future generations who may not have experienced or witnessed those events firsthand. And it's really important for us to do the same, for us to acknowledge all of the blessings and all of the things that we have to be thankful for, to practice gratitude on a daily basis um, and even documenting um, the things that, that um, God has done for us um, the specific things, the answered prayer and, and the breakthroughs that we have experienced. 
Um, and I believe that when we do that, um, and this is a, a note to myself that I, I need to remember to do this because it can be such um, an encouragement when we are um, struggling or when we're going through a season of waiting or going through a challenge that we can go back and read through um, all of the things that we've documented for what God has done to really um, revive our faith, to stir up our faith, to, to believe that God is a God who answers our prayers. So as I said, um, pursuing peace is about right praying. The second thing is that it's about right thinking. Um, in verse 8 of the Philippians 4 passage, it says, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good re repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things centre your mind on them and implant them in your heart. In relation to our minds, we really need right thinking to protect our peace. And this passage is really clear about what we need to do to focus our thoughts, what we need to focus our thoughts on. We need to be focusing our thoughts on things that are pure and wholesome, things that are lovely and things that bring peace. And obviously the, the, the obvious answer here is Jesus. Um, Jesus is lovely and wholesome and pure and excellent and, and brings peace. Uh, but I don't think that this passage is just limited to, to Jesus. Uh, that's also that's a great starting point for us to, to focus our thoughts on. But there are so many other things that we can think on that, that um, are, you know, demonstrate those, those different things, whether it's, you know, friends and family, um, whether or not it's thinking about God's creation and, and the beauty in his creation. Um, yeah, so just wanting us to, to be reassured that there are so many things that, that we can be focusing on that do uh, bring us peace. <clears throat> but our mind is often the battleground between peace and turmoil, and it's the entry point of our feelings and our emotions. Our thoughts are what influence how we feel. Um, our mind is often where we can be consumed by fear or worry or comparisons or jealousy or our insecurities a whole bunch of things that can rob us of our peace. Uh, but we're told how to govern our minds in 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And it says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. I don't know about you, but um, I find sometimes if I let my mind wander that I can get into some pretty dangerous rabbit holes. Um, it might be about judging other people. It might um, be festering jealousy. It could be fantasies that in and of themselves might not necessarily be wrong, um, but they could, be, they could lead to feelings of dissatisfaction with your life or feeling, uh, leaving you feeling disappointed or discouraged or even bitter and resentful with um, where your life is at. So we need to be really vigilant in guarding our thoughts because thoughts can very soon become feelings and words. They can influence our attitudes and our actions and they can even uh, influence our relationships and, again, rob us of joy and peace. 
It can even affect our faith and our hope when we start to doubt Christ and his faithfulness and when we let our wrong thoughts consume us. And we know that Satan is the prince of lies and he often manipulates situations and, and corrupts our thoughts. So again, we need to be really vigilant in guarding our minds to protect our peace. Another aspect of, um, I guess, um, having right thinking is having an eternal perspective with our thoughts and remembering that Christ has won the ultimate victory over sin, death and destruction, and that his reign is going to manifest um, in a powerful way when he returns. There's going to come a time when Jesus returns and there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no injustice or corruption or unrighteousness. And having that eternal perspective can give us hope uh, for us to endure our present sufferings, looking to, to what's ahead, looking for uh, that time when Jesus returns and um, we can experience that with him. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus is warning his disciples about his returning, um, him returning to the Father and what's going to be in store for the disciples. And he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. I love in this passage that Jesus is being real with his disciples. He's not um, denying or avoiding the realities of life as a Christian. He's upfront about the challenges that they're about to face. But he also imparts hope and he reminds them and us that he has overcome all that's broken and corrupt in this world. And that through him, we too are overcomers. So to pursue peace, we have right praying, we have right thinking, and then we've also got right living. In verse 9 of the Philippians 4 passage, it says, The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Sometimes when we feel uneasy or we don't feel at peace, it can actually be an indication that we're living outside of the will of God or there's some degree of disobedience in our lives. Right living is actually a prerequisite to experiencing the peace of God. And we see that very clearly in the Old Testament where the Israelites encountered opposition or were taken into captivity as a consequence for their disobedience. Uh, now, it's not quite so black and white today and, and not necessarily so cause and effect, but God often does use his peace or removes his peace um, as a bit of an alarm bell for us um, and, and a warning that, that we've stepped outside his will. Um, I definitely have experienced that in, in my own life where um, if I'm facing a decision, um, whether I sense God's peace or not has helped me to know whether or not I'm making the right decision or not. Um, so when we're feeling a lack of peace, I think it's good for us to reflect and actually invite the Holy Spirit to reveal any disobedience um, that we might have in our lives and that we would be quick to then repent um, when he does that so that, again, we can have God's peace restored to us.
The other aspect of um, right living is the fact that we need to be doers of the word, again, living in obedience to God's word. In James 1, verse 22 to 25, he says, but prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalise its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the faith. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looks like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. He will be blessed and favoured by God in what he does in his life of obedience. James makes it really clear here that God's blessing and favour is given to us when we're obedient to him. Now, that blessing and that favour can take on lots of different shapes and forms. It, it might be uh, avoiding certain pain or hurt or it could be avoiding financial loss. It might be bringing unity and joy to our relationships. It could be the blessing of uh, really sensing his presence and closeness as we abide in him. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ the inner calm of one who walks daily with him. So again, it's about walking out our obedience to him. Let the peace of Christ be the controlling factor in, our, in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you are called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Again, this passage makes it really clear that our peace acts as a barometer of our obedience to God, that it should be the controlling factor in our hearts to the questions that arise and the decisions that we need to make. We also see that, that peace is synonymous with obedience in Romans 8, verse 6, where it says, Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and forever. So to pursue peace, we need to make sure that we are doers of his word and are obedient to him. Another aspect of right living is being content. And we see this in the later part of Philippians 4, verse 11 to 13. And again, reading from the Amplified Version Philippians 4 verse 11 to 13 says, Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times, and I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfil his purpose. 
I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. I really like the, the phrasing in verse 11 where Paul says he learned to be content, um, that it was um, something that he had to experience to, to really foster that contentment. Um, and, yeah, contentment doesn't always come naturally. It is something that needs to be learned. But what he's pointing out in this passage is that it wasn't his circumstances that were the determining factor of his contentment. Jesus is. And again, um, that theme of, you know, our, our circumstances and our feelings and our emotions that are constantly changing, we can't rely on those things to, to bring us contentment. We need to find the source of our contentment in something that is constant. And we know again that that is Jesus, that he is always faithful, that he's always good, that his ways are higher than our ways, uh, that he's loving and he is our provider. In verse 11 to 13 of that passage, it really highlights the power of Christ that enables us to do all things, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that Christ is sufficient for us, that he fulfills our deepest needs and desires. It's not earthly things um, that do that. It's God that gives us that um, deep satisfaction and, again, that peace found it interesting when I was thinking about, I guess, peace in, in a natural sense, we often associate um, seeking peace and quiet in, involving us kind of retreating and, and removing ourselves from others and removing ourselves from perhaps the chaos of life. But the scriptures make it really clear that we gain peace by drawing closer to Jesus and drawing from his sufficiency. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We gain peace and rest when we're in fellowship with Christ and when we're fully dependent on him. In a world of uncertainty and, um, and, and just, yeah, chaos and, and where things are out of our control, we have absolute certainty and dependency on our Heavenly Father who never changes. He's loving, he's faithful, he's just, he's good. So just recapping in terms of us pursuing peace through right praying, right thinking and right living that just really encourage you in this season, church, to really pursue peace by worshipping God, to lift your eyes to the heavens, to lift your eyes off whatever it is that might be causing doubt or worry or fear, to lift your eyes to the heavens for that is where your help comes from. It's, it's Jesus that gives us um, that, that help, that we need to surrender our minds and our thoughts, not just at the start of each day but throughout the day. We need to continually renew our mind and allow time for the Holy Spirit to renew our mind through his word and let his word really um, penetrate us and, and not just be a head knowledge but a heart knowledge and that we would then uh, be obedient to his word. We need to be careful in guarding our mind, being careful about what you allow into your mind. Um, it might be being careful to... 
um, the songs that you listen to and, and lyrics that, that um, could have words that are contrary to God's word. Uh, it could be what you see on, on TV or, or movies. It could be certain people um, and conversations where you know that there's going to be negativity or gossip that you need to protect yourself from that so that your thoughts aren't derailed and, uh, again, your peace is robbed. We need to examine our lives each day and invite the Holy Spirit to reveal any disobedience and we need to be quick to repent when he does that. We need to practice gratitude to develop our contentment and know that our contentment comes from Christ, that um, Christ is sufficient for us. And finally, we need to draw near to God. We need to come to Jesus. Even though when things are not going your way or you might feel far from God or frustrated with God, we need to draw near to him. And we promise that when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. We are promised that he is close to the brokenhearted that he binds up our wounds. Um, we're promised and, and we know that God is our healer, that he is um, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Um, so we need to, um, yeah, resist those thoughts of wanting to retreat and, and wanting to, you know, draw away and really come to the throne of God, um, come to the feet of Jesus and to, to be with him and allow him to give you rest. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for your perfect peace that goes beyond our understanding. And I thank you that you've shown how we can pursue your peace through worshipping you, through presenting our, our needs and our desires to you, by being thankful to you, by thinking and, and governing our thoughts and guarding our thoughts and by living lives that are in obedience to you. Holy Spirit, will you empower us to do these things, especially uh, during this time when, when things just seem so hard and it's the last thing that, that we might feel like doing. I pray that you would strengthen us to be obedient, Lord, that you would draw us closer to you that you would draw us into your presence. I pray that we would have such a tangible sense of your presence. And I pray specifically, again, for, for the needs that have been brought to you this morning already, but for those who are just in a really difficult place and a difficult season right now, Lord, I pray your peace. Lord, a peace that just penetrates heart and mind and soul. Lord, will you silence the, the lies of the enemy? Will you silence and quieten our emotions and our doubts and our fears? And let your peace reign in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.